Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to 10, and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, soon to be four, The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. My new book coming out March 5th is called Raising Boys to Men, a simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. Really excited about this book. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for you to check out the details on that. Also, if you would like free access to a digital version of Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word, my devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms, I will leave a link in the show notes for you to sign up to be an email subscriber. Now, if you don't use that link, you won't get a free copy of the book. So be sure that you use that particular link. Now, at this point, you've probably heard about Heritage Defense, but many of you are also members of HSLDA and wonder how Heritage Defense is different. I wondered the same thing until my own family had a CPS case and I looked into it. Heritage Defense is distinct from, yet complements, the work of HSLDA. I'm even told most Heritage Defense families are also members of HSLDA to cover all their bases. In the area of homeschool law specifically, HSLDA offers legal support and other assistance, but doesn't provide full legal representation for other false allegations of child abuse or neglect. Heritage Defense exists to fill that gap by defending Christian homeschool families against all kinds of CPS cases. So if you're already a member of HSLDA, you can cover all of your parental rights bases by applying for Heritage Defense membership at heritagedefense.org. I'll also leave a link in the show notes where I interviewed Brad Pierce, from Heritage Defense, and we talked about our personal family story and how it would have looked different had we been members of Heritage Defense. Now today on this episode, we're going to be talking about motherhood, purpose, or performance. But before we do, I want to remind you about a wonderful math resource. I just have a question for you. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. So moms, if you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. I will leave a link in the show notes for CTC Math and Heritage Defense as well. So it makes it easy for you to get to those places and check them out. Now, it can be tempting to get caught up in performance in many areas of our lives, but with the rise of social media, the internet, and so many digital resources, the level of pressure to perform has skyrocketed. Instead of real people knowing each other in real life and being able to see each other's humanity, we only see the best, and and even that may not be entirely true. When we know people in real life, we have a better chance of not just seeing their strengths and what they want us to see, but also their weaknesses and struggles. 
So one of the other reasons that we can struggle with being performance-driven is that it resonates with our desire for reassurance that we are measuring up. So it's a type of measuring stick. One of the measuring sticks that we tend to use the most is to look at what other moms are are doing or appear to be doing. Now, that's very important to remember, moms. We don't see everything. In fact, it's it's been stated very clearly and I think accurately that when we see someone on social media, we literally see at best three to five percent of their real life. But that is a very hard thing to keep in mind as we're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and seeing all these different ways that we can mother, all these different ways we can homeschool as well. But today our focus is motherhood. So we need to be able to continue to remind ourselves that we aren't seeing everything. Also, every family is called to something different. And I think that's another thing. We, we just, we so badly want to emulate other people. And that is not a bad thing. If we are patterning um, an, another good mother. And um, we know that in, in the New Testament, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So there are good examples out there. And I don't want to discourage you from following those. But I, I do want you to remember that, especially when it comes to the digital aspect of motherhood, again, we are seeing only a small part of the picture. And so Um, We really need to ask the Lord for wisdom. And also remember that God has not called us to do everything, okay? We have to choose. We have to make choices in how we're going to mother our children. And we see a lot of different um, examples out there. One thing that we hear a lot of about right now is uh, gentle parenting. And I actually did um, an episode on this. And so I will leave... link in the show notes. There were, it was a really good episode. I had Wes on and he really brought a lot of balance to that particular topic. But you'll see gentle parenting and then you'll see, you know, more on the authoritative side of parenting. And you wonder like, which is the right kind, right? What what am I supposed to do? They, they seem to be like, they're conflictive. And then we feel conflicted and then we're inconsistent in our mothering because we're being informed by outside sources. We're being informed by something other than God's word. Now, again, we can follow good examples, but at the end of the day, everything needs to fall within the framework of scripture. The other thing that we need to remember is to learn to trust God's calling on you as a mother and on your particular family. This is so important. Um, because God hasn't called you to mother other people's kids. He has called you to mother your particular children. He has sovereignly put you together with your children. Now, there are many days and many times when it can feel like this was a bad idea, right? But I can tell you from experience and continuing experience that this is where God does his greatest work. When we're being rubbed rubbed kind of raw, really, when it comes to motherhood, because our child grates on us, grates on our sinful human nature. God is doing a sanctifying work in us. He is teaching us to die to 
ourselves. And that can look a lot of different ways in different seasons of motherhood. But the dying to self isn't necessarily, I don't want you to miss uh, mishear what I'm saying. This isn't about self-sacrifice on every level for your children um, and to the detriment of your own spiritual walk with the Lord, your physical health, mental, emotional, all of that. It is about dying to self in terms of walking in obedience to the Lord. So what has he called us to as mothers? So remember what I asked earlier, why is being performance-driven so tempting? Well, because it resonates with our desire for reassurance that we're measuring up, that our kids are measuring up. You know, that we're really, that we're measuring up as a mom and we sort of look at our kids often and we think that they are a direct reflection of our mothering. And in some ways they are, but not in every single way. Because the problem that happens is when we judge ourselves by our children's actions across the board, we're going to find ourselves discouraged. We're going to find ourselves reacting to our children instead of responding to them, instead of responding in obedience to the Lord and how we're disciplining them. We're going to react because our pride gets in the way, our fear gets in the way. Um, And that's one point I really, really want to make. We have to be honest with ourselves. When we're wanting to measure up Um, so often it's about being afraid. It's about fear. Um, It's fear of failing our kids. It's it's fear of what other people think. It's fear that our kids will resent us and think we're terrible mothers. You know, we've all heard the stories of a kid gone rogue and often the first place we look is to blame the mother, right? We We have even been the one to do that. And sometimes it's absolutely true. The mother was terrible and there was surely a direct correlation. But other times we thought someone was a good mom and her kids um, or more than one kid, you know, one kid or more went off the rails and we dig deeply to try and figure it out. Often assuming that the mom must have done something wrong and we try to figure out what that wrong thing was so we can be sure that we don't do that thing, right? And this can be rooted in pride, in, in trying to be wise in our own eyes. What does God's word say about that? It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. That means you're praying about everything. You're acknowledging him in everything. And then it says to shun evil. Evil for us as believers is not just you know blatant immorality. It is unbelief in God, in his ability to give us wisdom as moms and his ability to lead us and guide us um, in our mothering. So we have to be careful because we often, we want to know or for ourselves, or we want other people to think or know that we are in the category of the best moms, right? And again, this can definitely be rooted back and tracked back to fear or to pride, and they're all they're both very much related. Um, and when we respond like that, when that's what we're shooting for, then we are actually just reacting out of fear rather than responding in faith. And we never make good decisions when we're making them out of fear. Now, I believe that when we are focused on the whys of motherhood 
And when we are mothering with purpose, it's far easier to have confidence in what we're doing because here's what happens. The measuring stick becomes purpose instead of performance. And when I say purpose, our purpose is to walk in obedience to God. That is our number one purpose. As wives, as moms, as homemakers, as women of God, as sisters and daughter-in-laws, our daughters-in-law, all of that, our number one purpose is to walk in obedience in all of those relationships and in all of those areas um, that are part of our lives. And We want to mother with purpose. And if we want to mother with purpose, we need to understand why we are doing what we're doing. Again, the number one thing is walking in obedience to the Lord. We are, first of all, servants of Christ. Before we're mothers, before we're wives, we are servants of Christ. But in terms of motherhood, I think that the best place to find out Why we're doing what we're doing is to go back to the biblical principles in God's word. And I think that the main overarching role that we have in terms of walking in obedience to God is raising our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we are protecting, we are providing for them physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, but ultimately we are pointing them back to Christ over and over again praying that they will never know a day without Christ. What a beautiful, beautiful gift to give our children. And this is something, this is the way that God uses mothers in the lives of their children. Fathers too, but we're focused on motherhood today. So this means that we are continually lifting our children up in prayer, and we are asking God and our husbands for wisdom in raising them. So here are a few verses that are Uh, sort of tether us to our calling as mothers. Proverbs 22, 6 says to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, training is a very important word. This is something that we're doing. uh, You could liken it to, um, you know, you're never going to send a soldier out into the battlefield until he has gone through boot camp and beyond. So there's there's training that needs to happen. This involves discipline. This Im- involves repetitive activities, good habits and daily rhythms and, you know, things like chores and, you know, responsibility and things like that. That's all part of what we do um, in terms of what our purpose is as moms. Titus 2.4 says, And so train the young women to love their husbands and children. So, of course, we are to love our children. But we don't love our children the way the world loves children. By, you know, really in the culture, what we're seeing is that they just indulge children and at the same time see them as a pain in the rear. Okay, that is not what we're called to. We're to love our children like Christ loves us. We are to disciple our children like like Christ is discipling us. Um, Proverbs 29, 15 says, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. We are responsible to discipline our children. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. This is, mom, this is day in and day out as we're walking along and we're doing the daily things with our kids. We are, as much as possible, we're talking about the Lord and where he is 
at the different parts of our day. We're pointing our children to Christ. We are living and modeling what it looks like to depend and trust in the Lord. Psalm 127.3 really is telling us to see our children as a blessing. Here's what the verse says. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. This was a life-changing principle for my husband and me. So back in the day when we were deciding whether we were going to have more kids or not, I really wanted more. He did not or thought he didn't. And I prayed and prayed and I brought some information to him, some things to him and trying not to push him any certain direction, but just really praying that God would move in his heart. And, you know, we read, I read a few parts of some good books that I, Christian books that I read specifically about children and, um, you know, trusting God with the size of your family and all of that. And so I shared some of those things with him, but mostly I prayed. And, you know, at the end of the day, he said to me, Dorinda, what we really need to do, what I really need to do is just go back to the word of God. What does it say about children? And so he did. And he, he was looking for a reason to stop having children. And he could not find one. And so that is how God convicted us and led us um, down the road of just letting God determine the size of our family. Um, I'm not saying that's something everyone has to do or is necessarily called to, but we did find that looking at our children as a blessing was a life-changing experience. And it, it didn't just, it wasn't just about the size of our family. And I think that's my point. Seeing children as a blessing is an attitude toward our children. And so even on the worst days when I was like, I can't even, I don't even know why, you know, what's happening here. These kids are being terrible and I don't know what to do. And I would go back to that principle. Lord, you said they were a blessing. You said they were our heritage. They're a good thing. So show me what that looks like in this situation. And sometimes it would mean that I just needed to clamp down on discipline. And that was actually ultimately for their good. And so it was a good thing that I got to that point and reminded myself that they were a blessing and looked to the Lord for wisdom. And then other times I realized I was needing to die to myself. And that was also a good thing. But all of it went back to this attitude towards my children, that no matter what, they were a blessing. And you know what? Those kids grew up feeling valued, knowing they were a blessing, and looking at all other children as a blessing as well. And so this is a biblical principle that we need to embrace, and our culture does not embrace it. In fact, most of the church does not embrace it. But moms, I'm telling you, the scripture tells us these children are heritage from the Lord. They are a reward. And so investing ourselves um, through motherhood is one of the greatest things that we can do. It honors God. It pleases Him. We are obeying God when we are walking it out according to what He is telling us, not according to performance, not according to what everybody else thinks, but according to what does the word of God say? What is God telling us to do? So we're gonna get with our husbands and we're gonna be on the same page and we're gonna walk in obedience as to what that looks like for our particular family. And one of the things that happens in that process that's part of motherhood and purpose in motherhood is preparing our children for life. We're teaching them everything we know 
so they grow up to be resilient, hardworking, faithful, honest, know how to hear from the Lord and have good habits as part of their daily rhythms in order to reflect Christ and to glorify God in all that they do. So earlier I read some verses that give us the biblical principles we are uh, working toward. However, how those are walked out, how we get to those principles and those goals will look very different for every family, for every mother. In other words, we're shooting for the same biblical principles because those are very clear in scripture, but the methods that we use can be vast and varied. And this is where it is so important to remember that the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us know which methods or steps are best to work toward those principles with our particular children and in particular, how God has wired us as moms, who our husbands are, just who we are as a family. God is just, there's so much uniqueness to our own individual families. And so I just want to encourage you not to be performance-driven, but to be purpose-driven. So always remember that Pretty much most of the time, if God is going to talk to anyone about what's best for our kids, it's going to be us. We know them better than anyone. We spend more time and have spent more time with them than anyone. Someone pointed out to me once that when you do something for 10,000 hours, you are considered an expert in that area. Guess what? By the time your child is five, you have already uh, spent like 13,000 hours with them, okay? So you, by the time they are that age, you are an expert in your child. And the thing that we have to remember is we need to keep our eyes on the Lord and walking in obedience to Him and remembering that man looks on outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so Our best and highest purpose is to walk in obedience to the Lord. Now, how many of you have experienced criticism for the way you raise your kids? Now, this can be one of the biggest challenges that we face as moms. And so I want to read to you one of the short devotionals from my book, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, because it just fits so well into this particular episode. And remember, you can get this book for free. You can have free access to it if you'll follow the link in the show notes um, and subscribe to my email list. So every entry in this 31-day devotional includes a passage, not just a verse, but a passage that the Lord was very faithful to just illuminate to me and show me how to apply to motherhood. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to write the book because of his faithfulness. But I'll start by reading the uh, passage first. It's in Psalm 37, verses one through nine. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. 
Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. And here's what the devotional entry reads. Many times over the years, my husband and I have encountered people who thought the way we were raising or homeschooling our kids was wrong, or at least inferior to what they had in mind. If God is going to tell anyone how to raise or homeschool your children, it won't be your neighbors, parents, in-laws, outlaws, or friends. It will be you. As parents, we bear the full responsibility for our children, so it makes sense that God would speak to us when it comes to their well-being. I'm not saying He won't use other people to help us along the way, but we need to be careful that we aren't letting anyone else's opinions change the course we believe God has for our families. I remember praying about this after an extended family member criticized our parenting. With certain people, you can just smile and nod and move on, but the relationships that matter to us the most can be the ones that wreak the most havoc. We care about these relationships, but sometimes our focus on them can be detrimental. If we aren't careful, we can start to let the opinions of the people we care about carry more weight than the convictions God has placed on our hearts. No matter how wonderful the person is or has been to us, no opinion should be held above God's direction in our lives. This is a situation where the enemy can get a foothold. At this point, it's not about the person anymore, but it becomes spiritual warfare. We are dealing with an actual enemy. So I'm going to reread verse 5. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. So when I was struggling to deal with someone else's opinion, the Lord shed light on this passage, Psalm 37, verses 1 through 9. He lovingly reassured me that He had our best interest in mind. He wanted me to move forward in faith, believing that someday— Others would see the fruit of our obedience to what he was telling us to do. And even if they didn't, we didn't need to fuss about it. Don't you love the faithfulness and the goodness of God? We don't have to concern ourselves with voices that are overwhelming. We simply need to hear from him. Again, this doesn't mean that we don't ever take counsel from anyone, moms. Far from it. It means that we bring it all before the Lord and ask Him to lead us so that we know what is true and what is not, and then we walk in that. I remember at one point I got this picture of just tending my own backyard. It felt like it really came from the Lord. It's like you can go to the fence and you can look over over the fence and spend a bunch of time wasting time comparing or coveting or envying your neighbor's yard. But then nothing good is happening in your yard. You're not sowing those seeds of faithfulness in your yard while you're looking in someone else's backyard, comparing and coveting and envying. So I encourage you to listen to a podcast I did a while back on ditching the comparison trap for good. I will leave that link in the show notes as well. One of the passages that I leaned hard into was James 1 that says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in all they do. Again, that's a passage I've fallen back on over and over again with parenting, homeschooling, marriage, 
But the point of that passage is we have to believe and not doubt, not allow ourselves to be led astray by comparisons or performance and not be led astray by distractions, moms. We need to ask God to help us be laser focused on what he has called us to and walk in obedience to that. We need to mother with purpose. I'm gonna reread verses three through six in the Psalm I was reading a few minutes ago. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. The wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will inherit the land. It can be easy to become distracted in our motherhood when we are getting bored with things, when it seems like it's the same thing day in and day out and it becomes mundane and it's not all shimmery and new. But mom, that moms, that is where obedience is most important. To hunker down, to be faithful, to plod. This is what I have realized in all my years, almost 32 years of homeschooling and raising our kids is this. It is mostly about plodding. It is not glamorous. It is humble, but it is beautiful. And it is the investment of a lifetime, moms. God has good things for you. He loves your kids more than you do. He knows what the future holds. He created your children and can show you and your husband exactly what they need and when they need it. Moms, we don't work in the world's economy. We work in God's economy. His ways are not our ways. And he can take what we have to offer and make it more than enough. In 1 Corinthians one, it says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you instead. God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and he used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Moms, you must take the time to unhurry your hearts and listen for God's voice of direction for your family and then walk in obedience to that. The most important thing you need to remember is that God is on your side. He is ever present. And if he is for us, who can be against us? If you've ever owned sheep, You might know this, but sheep cannot be driven. They must be led. And our loving shepherd, he leads us. Mothering with purpose is not about being driven. It is about being led. It is about being compelled, not propelled. It is about purpose, not performance. And it is about walking in unforced rhythms of grace. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your kindness and your goodness and your faithfulness. God, I just pray that we would 
we would be found faithful, to put our full trust in you. God, I ask that if we are tempted to perform, that you would get our attention, that the Holy Spirit would throw up a red flag and we would realize, wait a minute, I'm doing this out of pride or I'm doing this out of fear. I'm doing this because I'm being performance-driven. God, help me to be led and not driven, to move forward in motherhood with purpose and not be concerned about performance. Father, may we keep our eyes on you and may we again be found faithful to walk in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen.